We all have an insecurity. You yeah. probably have a different insecurity Absolutely. than I do. Mm-hmm. But that was mine. Mine was about my I wasn't smart enough. Some some women, it may be that you don't feel qualified enough. It may be that you don't have enough gifts and so whatever it is, we have to figure out where the story begins in order to be able to silence it with what the word of God says. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And I am so excited today to have my good friend, Donna Pisani, in the studio. And Donna is a pastor. She's a teacher. She's a mentor. And she actually has over 40 years. And you don't even look 40, Donna. You have over 40 (laughs) years of ministry experience. You have your master's degree inspired by that, your master's degree from Southeastern University in leadership. And recently, you actually got your doctorate in ministry from George Fox University. And we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. You have a book called The Power of the Not Yet. And I know you're working on one that we're going to see really, really soon, but so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Julie. It's such an honor to be here. I always love being with you. Just I always am inspired by you. You're so kind. You just carry a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And you're such a good friend. What a gift. (laughs) I know. You've been such a good friend for many years now. And it's always such an honor to have you here in South Florida. You're visiting. Who doesn't want to be here? Right. Absolutely. In November, December, January, it's pretty amazing. But you're going to be teaching our team over these next couple of days. And I'm so excited excited. they get to glean from your wisdom. But it's been a while since we had you on the podcast. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what's been going on in your life, in your world, in your ministry. Because last time you were here, you were in a much different season. True. Yeah, we had just transitioned Mm -hmm. from our church. We had pastored for 30 years. And I actually am loving this season because it feels like we're able to eat the fruit of our labor right now. So I'm loving we're coaching and speaking into other leaders, and I finished school, and now I'm writing a book really on leadership for women, leading with men. So I'm excited about all of it, and I just and my most favorite thing in my life right now is my two grandkids, <laughs> who are just the youngest. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. the You need to follow Donna on Instagram because Dr. Donna, excuse me, uh, but you do because they are super, super so just— Amazing. So that's so great. And I'm loving, I'm loving watching you in this season because um, you're just like just a couple of years ahead of me, not many at all, but watching you um, as you've transitioned into the season so beautifully and the way you and Dennis are actually um, investing in other ministry couples, but also you and another good friend of ours, Holly Wagner, you are mentoring ministry couples that are leading together. You started something called Circle of 12, and I am loving watching the fruit of that ministry too. Coaching and mentoring, it's been beautiful to see that. So this entire season, we have been really diving in to the topic of community and intentionally building a community around ourselves, a life-giving community that that is going to strengthen us, right? Strengthen our leadership, strengthen our confidence, but also 
build the kingdom at the same time. And I think sometimes as women, you know, when it comes to really stepping out and being intentional in this area, we can become really insecure. Some of our younger listeners out there, they may feel like, you know, that that they're too young and that who wants to hear what they have to say. And then some of our vintage girls out there think, do they really have something worth imparting into the next generation? And and I think that the enemy uses our insecurity to to keep us from using our voice, from speaking up. I think he uses our insecurity to to silence us. And I think many times as women, we underestimate mm-hmm. the value and the power of our voice, yeah. the, the voice that God's given us. So, you know, just to kick this off, what would you say to one of our listeners if they may be dealing with insecurity and they're trying to figure out how they can find their place in community and really use their voice to be able to build community and and also build God's kingdom. That's really good, Julie. I think for me, because insecurity really ran my life for so many years, and one of the things that I felt like God spoke to me maybe a decade ago, but it's been on repeat, and that is stop defending who you're not mm. and become curious to who I've called you to be. Come on, say that again. Stop defending who you're yeah. not and become curious to who I've called you to be. Because oftentimes we can get so settled in this downward spiral. Like I can, in three seconds, tell you 400 things that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And what I'm not limits me. And I begin thinking, well, I can't do anything because there's I have all these excuses. Why not? But God has given each of us a specific gift. And so Mm -hmm. I think in order to find out what God has called us to do, you have to become curious. Yeah, Curiosity is one of the biggest gifts that you can have. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. So for me, that was the beginning of it. Yeah. I think probably the biggest battle for me personally was over my voice. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what what are some of the things that you did to really overcome that insecurity over these last 10 years? And I love yeah. it. It's so true. When the Holy Spirit gives you a word, He usually does put it on repeat yes. because we need to hear it over and over again. But what are some of the things that you did to really overcome that insecurity? Well, I, I'm intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I began asking God, how do I build my confidence? Because I mm-hmm. I don't want to just be overconfident because I don't want to be prideful. So I had to discover that my confidence was found in Him and that I could trust Him. Um, the second thing was, in order to build my confidence, I had to be okay with not being perfect. I have a doctoral degree, right? In ministry. Yeah, in ministry, mm-hmm. but I have a PhD in perfection, I feel like. So I'm constantly limiting what I could possibly do because I'm afraid it's not going to be perfect. Mm. And I think I held myself to a higher standard than God did. I'd prefer for you to just try it, even if it's imperfectly. Mm-hmm. And you are going to fail, and failure is important because you can't learn without it. So for me, it was just consistently taking the step, even though it was a scared step. The other thing, Julie, that was huge for me is I stopped looking at insecurity, fear, um, all of those things as intimidators, mm-hmm. and I chose instead to see them as indicators. That's so, so good. And ta- anytime I feel the fear, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, mm-hmm. what's behind that fear? Right. When I feel insecure, let me take a minute to think about it. What's behind that? What is the enemy trying to that. keep me from doing? Mm-hmm. I love that because when you look at it as indicators, then you actually can put that up against God's word and yes. what he says about yes. you. Yes. Right. And so when we have yeah. this, you know, I'm not enough, we can go to the word and see that God says we're always enough, yes. that, that when we feel weak, right, mm-hmm. I am not strong enough to be able to carry the yes. weight of what God's called me to do. When you go to the Word and say, in in our weakness, He is strong, right? Yes. So His strength is perfect, so yeah. I don't have to be, right? Yeah. And so anytime that we we have that mind shift, yes. and instead of let, allowing it to intimidate us, to allow it to 
indicate that we actually have, you know, yes. some work to do, yeah. some work on ourselves. And we say a lot of times around here that the truest thing about you is what God says about you. Mm, and the so only good. way that you're going to find out what God says about you is going to his word yes. and listening to his spirit. And then so you have to align yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. You have to align your mind, align your, your thoughts, align your heart to the truth. You know, we can't mm-hmm. go by our feelings. Our, so our feelings are valid. Yeah. But they're not always the truth. Yes. Our feelings are worth listening to and worth paying attention to, but our feelings are not the facts about what God says about us. Right. And so so I think there is a lot to this whole idea of of aligning ourselves, yeah. right? When we feel insecurity, when we feel, you know, that our voice is invaluable, that when we align ourselves with God's word, he says something totally different. Yeah. And so I, I think sometimes that it's really hard to to really discern. God's voice when there are so many other voices yes. out there. We have the voice of culture, yeah. you know, that that tells us what what we should and should mm-hmm. not think about ourselves. And we have the voice of our of people around us, negative voices from our past. And I think sometimes our our past experiences, especially, yeah. right, can can shout the loudest in our mind and in our ears and hold us back. And and sometimes that that shame and that insecurity can take hold. How do you actually really silence? The other voices, the voices. right? It's to really be able good. to really tune in to God's voice. I was thinking while you were talking, Julie, I love this verse, and this really spoke to me, and then it came back around recently, and it, I think it's in the message translation where God was speaking. Moses was concerned about God using him because he, whether he had a speech impediment or something with his ability to talk, mm-hmm. and I think it's the message that said, God says, I will be with your mouth, and I just love I love that portion of scripture, I will be with your mouth. And that gave me confidence. Okay, yeah. if you were with Moses' mouth, then you can be with my mouth. But then you look at Moses' past. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a lot of things that would like to create a different narrative or different soundtrack in his mm-hmm. in his head yeah. that could prohibit him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had been in he had been an orphan, then he was in Pharaoh's house, and then he was on the backside of the in the wilderness. And so you look at all those aspects of his life and his experience, and that could have silenced him. But I just love that God said, I will be with your mouth. So Obviously, the scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to pay attention to what's in there. And I love what you were talking about. You have to put the word in there. So the word is what comes out. But I think for me, one of the things that I used to hear all the time from the time I was a child was, I'm really just two brain cells short of smart. (laughs) Like, I'm not smart. I, I wasn't great in high school. When I went to see my guidance counselor for college, he just looked at me. He said, well, honey, he said, your grades... They're not really that great. He said, good thing you're beautiful. You can just get married and have lots of children and you'll be fine. And so I had forgotten about this story, but I was excited about that answer because I was like, good, I don't have to go to college. I'm not smart (laughs) enough to go to college. So, But in the end, my mom was irritated. And how I heard about the story was my mom, recently when I went to my mom and said, hey, I'm graduating next month, my mom was like, oh, if Mr. Jeruso, that was his name, if Mr. Jeruso mm-hmm. could see you now, and related the story wow. to me. And she had gone down to his office and had said, she may get married and have lots of kids, but at the end of the day, she's smart. She doesn't know that yet. I had to pay attention to the narrative that was going on in the back of my head my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm not smart. Mm-hmm. So I'm not smart. Then if I'm not smart, then I can't talk. I mean, we all have an insecurity. You yeah. probably have a different insecurity Absolutely. than I do. Mm-hmm. But that was mine. Mine was about my, I wasn't smart enough. Some Some women... It may be that you don't feel qualified enough. It may be that you don't have enough gifts. And 
So whatever it is, we have to figure out where the story begins mm-hmm. in order to be able to silence it with what the Word of God says. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just speaking the Word of God, and you're just kind of like putting a Band-Aid on it, and then this thought just keeps coming. Well, yes. once I recognize where that thought came from, then I could target it with the Word of God. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. I have the mind of Christ. Wait a minute. I have the mind of Christ. I'm going to go back to school. I may feel like a fourth grader, but I'm going to go back to That's school. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably anyone who's listening right now, every one of you has an insecurity that's mm-hmm. trying to silence First of all, a gifting in you, but secondly, your voice. Right. And your voice matters. Right. Your voice is so powerful. It's so necessary. Yeah. Right. It's so necessary. And every, we say this all the time, but every one of you, you are influencing someone. You're influencing the people in your workplace. If you're a student, you're influencing the the people in school more than you realize. People, and people need your words of encouragement, your words of life, they they need your voice. We need your voice, yeah. right? Really finding finding that place and overcoming that insecurity is so, so important. And I think a lot of times, um, Donna, like you said, every one of us deals with different insecurities. And, you know, I, I can't even believe anybody said that you weren't smart because you're absolutely brilliant. The fact that that was the lie that you believed, mm-hmm. right? The lie that someone spoke over you. And all of us have these, you know, I've shared from with our church family and you know in our freedom encounter that that mine was that I was not wanted and mm-hmm. so this this lens of rejection actually mm-hmm. silenced me so many times because I just thought well they don't want to hear what I have to say anyway yeah. right or that my words of encouragement didn't matter or mm-hmm. that I wasn't worth fighting for so I'm not going to speak up mm-hmm. and so many times that you know that that insecurity can lead to such shame, right? It just leads to shame. And again, I think that shame has been a a weapon of the enemy Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Yes, I mean, if you just go back, like I'm talking the very beginning, like not just the beginning of my life, but I'm talking Genesis, like the very beginning of God's word. And why do you think this has been such a powerful tool? Why do you think the enemy uses shame to attack us, you know, and Mm -hmm. to keep us, to keep us limited? And how do we break free from that? I think it. the problem with shame is it makes us want to hide the part of us that God is the most present in, mm-hmm. which means God is always present. He said, your weakness will be a portal for my strength. Right. So the enemy wants to hide that in us. So I, I do think it's fascinating, Julie, that in Genesis, you're talking about Genesis, <laughs> it's fascinating that when God describes Adam and Eve, what the Word says that He created man and woman— and they had no shame. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a interesting, like why that descriptive? Why mm-hmm. not? They had no fear. They had no lack. They had no, right. or they were full of joy or whatever. Like why would that be the descriptor? Mm-hmm. Like they had no shame. Right. Because I think the manufacturer or the creator's uh, intent was that we wouldn't have shame. So then we realize that if you look through the rest of the Bible, the rest of the Bible is a wrestle with humanity over shame. Shame hides the part of us where God is the most present. It keeps us from being vulnerable. Every one of us has an area of our life that we really don't want anybody. Like if God's like, I'm going to write all of your weaknesses, your faults, and your fears on your skin, and everybody could read it. We would all hate that, right? Right. Because there's shame attached to that. Mm -hmm. And we tend to not want to be vulnerable. In the Garden of Eden, shame attaches itself to what I would call scarcity mentality. Right. Brene Brown made this really famous thought, and I'm sure you've talked about Mm -hmm. it before, but it's like, I am not blank enough. I'm not skinny enough, smart enough, loved enough, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you fill in the blank with. So, And that's Adam and Eve. That's what the temptation was. The enemy came in and said, you would be more like God. And Eve began to question God's character. 
If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I think shame is just awful. I think for many years in my life, I didn't even recognize what shame was. Mm. How does shame make you feel? Yeah. Like, how do you identify where shame is the most active? Right. I, I think that when identifying where it is, how does it make me feel? Sometimes it's hard to identify that emotion exactly, yeah. you know. But it is in those times when you know you should speak up and you are yes. silent. Yes. That's an indicator that yes. there is some shame there. When you can't be vulnerable with the people that you know care yes. the most about you, yes. that you can't open up. So shame keeps you from being fully known. And I think that's the deepest desire of all of us, yeah. that that we'd be fully known. And when we're fully known, mm-hmm. to actually still be fully loved and to be to deny yourself that beauty in a relationship. Um, a lot of times that happens so many times because you hold back when you should speak up, right? Yeah. Or you don't share when there is someone that actually can help you move past the wound that might have made you feel ashamed in the first yeah. place. Then when something's in the dark, a, a lie that you believe or an abuse that you've experienced, something in your past that is in the dark and it continues to stay in the mm-hmm. in the dark recesses of your mind mm-hmm. and tell you things about yourself that are just not true. And if, again, and not what God says about you. Yeah. And those are the things that when you can't bring to light the things that are tormenting you is when shame takes yes. root the most. And so I think it is the enemy, one of his main, main weapons that he uses against, especially I think women. I don't know why I think that. I think, uh, you know, but I, I do we're women. Because we're women. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and right. we know it. We've seen yeah. it. But, but I, I do believe that it is such a weapon of the enemy to hold us back, to keep us silent, yeah. to keep us from stepping into the fullness of the uh, life that he, you know, that, that he created us for. Yeah. And as long as we stay there, you know, we're never going to experience what what he came to give us that full life. And so, yeah. yeah so how do you fight it? How, how have you, you know, you, you said over the last 10 years yeah. that there was a deep insecurity, but how do you fight it? Well, honestly, I think first of all, it's identifying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just talked about the scripture. So mm-hmm. I made, I made it a point every morning to uh, do several things. One is I have a list of things I'm grateful for. I think gratefulness yeah. helps you shift you from like what you're lacking. Sometimes shame settles in on, and what happens with shame is then we start feeling entitled to more. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't even move forward because I don't have what so I don't have what Pastor Julie has. So until I'm as gifted as Pastor Julie or as gifted mm-hmm. as whoever, so you start feeling entitled and you forget what you've been entrusted with. Right. And so I think the entrustment factor is I start with gratitude and then whatever it is that I've been wrestling with in my mind, mm-hmm. I have a scripture that combats that and I declare it over myself. It, it really, honestly, I haven't done this in the last year or so, but I actually put it as a reminder on my phone. Wow. So those scriptures popped up five times a day. Mm. And eventually when I stopped seeing them, then I would change those declarations. Mm-hmm. But in order to change the brain, the way my brain was functioning, because it has these neural pathways that just keep going down a downward spiral, yeah. I had to shift it with you can't just stop it. You have to replace it. Right. Absolutely. So that was huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember reading in a season that I was going through that I knew I needed a mind shift is that our lives move in the direction of our strongest yes. thoughts. They yes. move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Yes. And 
And because our thoughts actually impact our attitudes, our Mm -hmm. attitudes impact our actions. And so really being able to, we have to inform our own thoughts. We can't just allow whatever comes in to be able to direct. Because if we allow just whatever lie the enemy says, whatever, sometimes it's not even the enemy, it's the lies that we tell ourselves, that we speak over ourselves, that if we don't replace it with God's truth, then we will be leading a life that we never intended to live. It's not even the life that we wanted, but they, our life will move in that direction. So I love that you have declarations. I'm all about yeah. declarations. And, yeah. and I think that is so great. If you have some of those, we'll put those in the show notes okay, so that yes. we can make sure that, you know, that there's some seasons that you have to amp those declarations up. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And just, and, and put them in your phone, all, all the, all the things. And we'll actually put my declarations in there too. So um, okay, we put great. them in there before, but we'll just add those in there I because I do think this is the, the number one way that we can combat the shame of the enemy. Because I think that, that shame, is is a weapon that that keeps us from really experiencing deep yes. life-giving community and and using our voice another weapon the enemy uses to keep us from the community that we've been created for and and using our voice to be able to impact those around us is this whole thing that you just said a few minutes ago about comparison. Oh, yes. And as women, I just think that the comparison trap, you know. It's the worst. It's the worst. (laughs) It's the worst. We talk about this a lot around here, and I think it's worthy of talking about it almost every episode, or else we can, you know, get caught up. But I'd love to hear from you how, as women, we can fight the comparison trap, be set free from the comparison trap, right? Yeah, and I think the other issue with comparison, aside from, I'll talk about like how, what I've been doing, but I think the other issue with comparison is it, it hinders you from learning from the very people God's Mm -hmm. put in place. So true. uh, Mm -hmm. Because then you become jealous. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I don't, I actually have a new thought on this, Julie, so you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. I don't actually think comparison at the, at just the basic level, I don't know that that's completely bad because like if I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to compare the prices. I may ask you, what are you doing for this specific thing? And then compare what I'm doing with it so we can grow from comparison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where we run into problems is when comparison is woven with envy. Right. So the envy is what takes our Mm -hmm. comparison Mm -hmm. because then I start feeling like I don't have enough and I want what you have, even though it's not for me. Right. And so I think the envy part of that is that then we aren't confident. We go back to confidence. We aren't confident in who we are or who God's called us Mm -hmm, to be. mm -hmm. And so for me, a lot of the battle was I was silenced by comparison. Mm -hmm. I always felt like I didn't have enough gifting. Like if I compared myself to you or let's say Christine Kane or Irene or anybody else, I'm not gifted enough. Well, of course I'm not going to be gifted like you are because I'm not you. But when you can discover what God's gifted you to be, right. then there's a confidence that and begin mm-hmm. to grow on that. Stop like looking like compare in the good sense of let me grow and glean from mm-hmm. how you're doing life. Yes. But then let me discover and become curious. I yes. really think curiosity so good. is understated yeah. in the body of Christ. Yeah. I think we I think the same thing. Like I can the other thing that happens is I can become compare I can compare myself with you and then if I feel like you're better than me then if I'm not careful I start judging you mm-hmm, because right. you're not like me right. and it's you know right I either have to feel better than you if I you know so it's this crazy mentality that happens and I just think curiosity mm-hmm. asking lots of questions yes I love that is very important and especially like any season that we're going into where it feels like people are at odds with each other mm-hmm. let's just ask questions yeah 
It's called humility. Right, right. It's so, <laughs> so good. You know, I actually completely 100% agree with you because we hear a lot that the comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. But I actually think that that un, unthoughtful yes. comparison, when we yes. don't actually think it of it, like you said earlier, comparison is actually can be an intimidator or it could be an indicator. So good. And that's and good. It could be an indicator. Yeah. Like, is there a quality in their life that mm-hmm. you wish you had and that they've been put in your life so yeah, that so you good. could be, you know, so that, so that you could be challenged in that area. Yeah. And instead of being intimidated, that you can be inspired by that yeah. quality and yes. learn something. And like you said, that is a, that, that is a, that, that's maturity, but that's being curious yeah. and maybe asking the question, how did you become so life-giving? You know, yes. you are such a great friend. I want to learn from you. So I, I do think that, that comparison is not, the thief of joy, but yeah. but unthoughtful comparison. Mm-hmm. And there's a gap, like there's this gap between comparison, because that's I don't believe that that is the thief, and competition. Oh, and so what good. we put in that yeah, gap really so really matters. And if you put curiosity, like you mm-hmm. just said, if you put curiosity yeah. in the gap and just ask the questions, you know, God, is there something you want to teach me through this? Yes. And and because, like you said, comparison, if you if it becomes unresolved or or um, unreflected upon. Then it actually mm. an unchallenged, right? Yes. Unchallenged comparison. Yes. If it if it stays in that state, then we will either become, yeah. you know, intimidated and and have low self worth, or we'll mm-hmm. become prideful because we'll be constantly looking for ways, you yeah. know, to be able to make ourselves feel better. It's our human yeah. nature, right? And so yeah. I totally agree with you, and I I do think that that comparison is part of what makes us human, and so we need yeah. to use that as an indicator. And, and not as an intimidator or yeah. a, a red flag, like we're the worst person in the world, because it, we are, we're going to deal with it no matter yes. what. And so, so we have to learn how to do that. That's part of maturity, I think. Yeah. That's part of maturity. Asking ourselves the question, mm-hmm. asking other people the right questions, and then and asking the Lord, you know, what do you want me to do with this yes. indicator you've just given me? Mm-hmm. Is this about resentment in my heart or jealousy or envy? Or is this something oh you want me to learn? Is this yeah. something, a quality that you're wanting to grow within me? I love that so much. It's so really good, Julie. That's that's so powerful. <laughs> this has been so fun. But just to turn the corner just a little bit, we've been asking every guest on the podcast this season about what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Well, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram, I'm going to give you two uh, part two answers. Um, the first one is ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, because so many years I didn't ask for feedback, it depends on, I mean, you're not going to ask for feedback from, well, I mean, you could from the Starbucks barista, but I mean, you want to have trusted friends yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that can give you feedback because I had a lot of blind spots. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't aware in the early days of my mm-hmm. leadership how intense I was. I'm just, I was just very intense sometimes when I, because I, I'm passionate. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize the intensity. And it wasn't until I asked somebody for feedback. I was like, I, it looks like everybody's hair was just set on fire. Why was I intense? And they're like, yes, you were. So then that made me have to reflect on that and then try to get the help that I could so that I could actually not great. be as um, mm-hmm. intense. And I think the second part of that is, again, we'll go back to, we started with the voice, we'll go back to the voice. I remember questioning whether I was actually called to use my voice. It doesn't matter whether you're on a platform or with you're just with friends, you're with your neighbors, whatever that looks like. And um, somebody reminded me, and um, you know, we were talking about the first garden. Somebody was talking to me about the second garden. 
and how powerful it was that Jesus showed up to a woman. And for anybody who's questioning whether you have a voice or whether God can even use your voice, you have a woman who mm-hmm. is broken, has a past to her life. Her, she's hopeless because they put all their everything, their whole life into following Jesus, and he's not in the tomb anymore. And while she's standing there, Jesus, who is the seed of Eve, mm-hmm. has just crushed the head of the enemy, right. comes to a woman. He could have come to Peter and John. They were just there. It right. wasn't like he's missed his timing. He was having coffee, and he's like, let me, oh, shoot, I'm going <laughs> to meet with an Mary. an intentional meeting, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because why? Because for generations, perhaps women he knew would have the greatest battle over their voice. Right. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever it is that you've battled, whether it's comparison, whether it's fear, whether it's shame, all of those should be indicators mm-hmm. to you that the difficulty of the battle, the intensity of the obstacle, let that be an indicator to you that God spoke to Mary right. and said, go tell. And those words have no expiration date mm-hmm. on them. They are still resonating. And what did he say to go tell? Resurrection. Mm-hmm. So you who are listening, you have resurrection in your mouth. Yeah. Not as a noun, just to talk about the event, but as a verb. Mm-hmm. Life mm-hmm. is in your mouth. Yes. And so I don't want you to diminish that or think yeah. small of that because it's a powerful thing that Jesus showed up mm-hmm. redeeming the first garden mm-hmm. to a woman in the second garden. Right. And so when somebody shared that with me, it set me free. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. whenever I face things, I see God empowering me. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's so true that, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I believe that we've been created as women to be able to speak life over the people in our lives and to raise our voice. And I love that you said that because you took us all the way from Genesis to, <laughs> to the New Testament. Yes. And it's beautiful because Jesus shows up, right? He mm-hmm. showed up for Mary and he will show up for you yeah. and be your strength when you're weak. He's going to calm the storm yes. when you feel like there's a storm raging, whatever need you have that he, his his desire, his deepest desire. I, I say it all the time, John 10, 10, mm-hmm. that he came to give you life and give it to the full, an extraordinary, so abundant, beyond normal life where your voice is actually filled with joy and the presence of mm. his spirit. And you actually get to go and tell and yeah. declare that over the people in your own life. Well, this has been such an incredible conversation. And thank you so much, Donna, for being a part of this. Thank you for mentoring not only our sisterhood, but women really all over the world at this point. So your voice is so powerful. And I'm so thankful that God actually helped you overcome this insecurity and that you have found your voice because I think it's going to help a lot of others find theirs. And thank you all that are out there for listening to the podcast today. It has been such an honor to just spend this time with you. And we just want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. If you're here in this area in South Florida, we would love for you to join us at one of our Christmas services. It's going to be such a powerful time of really celebrating the most incredible gift that has ever been given. So Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time on the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 